0: Happy Sabbath. Sabbath. It's so good to see your faces, all bright and eager to worship the Lord this morning. Before we go into our message for this morning, I'd like for us to bow our heads and seek the Lord one more time. Heavenly Father, Lord, We know that you have special truths that you have entrusted to us to share and to give to every creature on this earth. So we pray, Thee Lord, that you will commit to us not just this duty, but also give us strength, give us power and the endurance. To do this mighty work in your name. May you be with us as we study your word and seek to know the truth in love. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The world gives us various definitions of love a love of money love of sin, love of evil, all of these have permeated to all the ends of the earth. Man has become a lover of himself and as such, oftentimes ignores the Creator who is the very being of love. The world praises self-love and uninhibited desires. These are all being encouraged to be sought, destroying the image of God and man. So we live today in a society that has called evil good, and good evil. And Satan has been able to succeed at twisting love into his very own grand design. Weaving patterns of deceit at every turn. You see... Eat, and ye shall not die. The doors of knowledge will be opened to you, and you will be like gods, knowing good and evil, was the serpent's sales pitch to Adam and Eve. And what a sale it was. Inspiration reveals a link to appetite in the allurement of the forbidden fruit. But appetite not only for the mere aspect of food, but for Every evil ever known. You see, Satan wished to pass down his covetousness of God's position to humankind. And has he been largely successful? Most definitely. In the lives of the unbeliever, the self becomes the ultimate being in existence. And as such, no sin is ever too detestable to be committed. So God alone can be the source of ultimate goodness and love. For God is not an arbitrary being making laws one day and casually violating them another. God created laws that everything, both spiritual and natural, must adhere to, or face dire circumstances and consequences. It is only in the fact that there is an objective source of moral values do we understand that there is such a thing as love. There are those who would wish to consign love to a mere emotion. That somehow evolved to protect us and to ensure the continued survival of our offspring. The prominent atheist biologist Richard Dawkins once wrote, the universe, and I quote, we observe, the universe we observe has no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless, indifference. What a sad and depressing way to look at our existence. And it would be one thing if it was proven to be true. But there is nothing that we see around us that suggests that this is even close to the truth. So for people like Dawkins, love becomes just another disposable sentiment in the evolutionary chain and exists only for our survival. And further logical inference would suggest that once one does not need this love to survive, one can just toss it away into a trash heap. No wonder such unbelievers have a skewed view of love. If love isn't objectively grounded upon God, then love can be redefined to further any person's pleasure to the detriment and loss of not just their souls, but to the detriment of others as well. If you open your Bibles to Second Timothy Chapter three, verses one to five. 2 Timothy chapter three one to five. The scriptures tell us. This know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own, what? Selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Now all that is a consequence of false worldly love. Now, anyone can say, oh, I can easily fall in love. I love you. I love that. I love this. But they are all these things. They're not faithful. They are traitors to one another. High-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of others and lovers of God. This is the world's version of love. If God is the very basis and ground of love. Then it cannot be love to leave others to revel in God's law, breaking God's law. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 1 begs of us to cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. You see here, Isaiah isn't admonishing the heathens. He is admonishing the house of Jacob. For true love calls for a return to the source of love, who is God, our Creator. True love calls for us to never leave our comrades in arms to the fire of the enemy, for it says to cry aloud and spare not. When rebuking our fellow men on account of sin, we account for ourselves first. For the wounded are usually not able to effectively help the wounded. Jesus Himself told us, Matthew chapter 7, verses 2 to 5. Jesus tells us, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam which is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull the mote out of your eye, and behold, the beam is in my own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast first out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote in thy brother's eye. Once we are able to present ourselves in humility before God, then we can work in the field and help to warn others. Gathering them into the corner of safety. The cornerstone which is Jesus Christ, the solid rock. True love means less of ourselves, prioritizing others instead. The work of preaching righteousness brings with it a possible liability, and take note here, one that often gets lost among us for those who claim to uphold the present truth and the three angels' message. And how many of you know what that is? It is the big eye in the middle of pride. For one that preaches truth as it is found in the word of God, it is unlikely that the temptation will be found in the lust of the eyes or in the lust of the flesh, although those temptations certainly do exist and snare many. The weakness of the preachers of righteousness is in the pride of life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. General Douglas MacArthur is known as the hero of the liberation of the Philippines in World War II. And the genius mastermind behind the ancient landings during the Korean War. And he made the communist North Korean army turn on its heels. But despite of his genius, his strategic acumen and leadership ability, General Douglas MacArthur was re- relieved of his command by President Harry Truman. Rice Matthew Stockner. MacArthur's most notable trait as a leader was his pride. MacArthur's apparent lack of ethical behavior is a result of his arrogance. His insubordination of the president is a demonstration of his immense pride in his own abilities. This trait is an innate facet of his personality and caused both his ascension to greatness and his fall from grace. That is from the ingrained leadership of Douglas MacArthur from the Undergraduate Leadership Review, Volume 3, Issue 2, page 20 and 21. Writes Ellen White in reference to the parable of the sowers. Christ Object Lessons, page 402, tells us, This parable is a warning to all laborers, however long their service, however abundant their labors, that without love to their brethren, without humility before God, they are nothing. There is no religion in the enthronement of self. He who makes self-glorification his aim will find himself destitute of that grace which alone can make him efficient in the service of Christ. Whenever pride and self-complacently are indulged, the work is marred, end quote. You see, theological skill or even articulation on, one ha- on how one expresses a three angels' message is no indicator of righteousness. If we aren't able to express humility and character, love of self will become evident. And we become a reproach to the very work that we, we intend to do. We become a reproach to Christ. True Christ-like love is the emptying of self and the putting on of Christ. We often say that the work of calling out sin by its right name should be a work without fear or favor. And it is true in the, in the Seventh-day Adventist Bible Commentary, Volume 2, page 996. It tells us the servant of God should never allow his own spirit to be mingled with the reproof which he is required to give, but he is under the most solemn obligation to present the Word of God without fear or favor. He must call sin by its right name. How many people are willing to do that today? How many people are willing to go out there and look at sin and say, That is sin! Without fear. Without favor. No one should fear rebuke of sin when done in the Spirit of Christ. For only through this can one exhibit the true love of God. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 tells us, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts it out what? Fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If you fear to warn others, you have no love for them. Yet, on the other side of the coin, we must not make the unsound assumption that all rebuke must be critical, unpleasant, and unruly. This is most definitely not the case, for there will be times when there is a need for tough love. When you are in a foxhole with a fellow soldier and he decides to peek over the top and you hear the whistling of enemy bullets overhead, you must most certainly physically yank him down to safety. But on the other hand, would you physically yank down and wrestle a child to the ground if he used your toothbrush by mistake? Is it possible that many of those that claim to be Christian adults often act very childish. For many a time, we lack discernment and use inappropriate methods at inopportune times, which leads to division and strained relationships. All because we have become too reliant upon self and perhaps too lazy to ask the Holy Spirit, to provide us the proper discernment. Oftentimes we can go running into, into a room and shouting, Sin, sin, sin. At the same time, we can be very tolerant and say, Oh, go ahead and do what you like. Where is our discernment today as Christians? When will we let go of running with our emotions and instead going forward? through the Holy Spirit and letting Him lead. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, page 44, tells us, The manner in which the truth is presented often has much to do in determining whether it would be accepted or rejected. Hmm. From historical sketches... Also from Inspiration, page 121. Historical Sketches, page 121 tells us, It is to be regretted that many do not realize the manner in which Bible truth is presented has much to do with the impressions made upon minds and with the Christian character afterward developed by those who receive the truth. Instead of imitating Christ in his manner of labor, many are severe, critical, and dictatorial. They repulse instead of winning souls. Such will never know how many weak ones their harsh words have wounded and discouraged. Interesting. So on one hand, we have a call for us to call sin by its right name, to cry aloud and spare not. And on the other hand, we have counsel that tells us we need to be discerning and we need not be severe, critical, and dictatorial. For many people, it's hard to find a balance. Some are either too critical and dictatorial and others are too tolerant and lenient and allow any sort of sin go on and on and on. How do we find that balance? Our scripture reading today, Jude chapter 1, verses 21 to 23, gives us a clue. Jude 1. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Verses 21 to 23 tells us, keep yourselves in the love of God Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This is very much the key to finding that balance and bringing truth in love to the world. Keep ourselves in God's love. When we are in God's love, we will love others. And when we look for the mercy of our Lord to eternal life, we treat others as we would like to be treated. If we would like to be told whenever we do something wrong so we can correct ourselves and we could go in the path of what is right, we should be able to do the same to others. If we would like others to be kind and patient with us for we are human and commit mistakes, then we should be willing to do the same with others. Continuing the scripture reading, and of some have compassion, making a difference. What is compassion? Tenderness, lovingness, gracefulness, forgiveness, patience. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. If you see a young child in the middle of the street and a truck barreling down the road, you run with all haste. If you need to, physically yank him off that street. But it's not all the time you will need to do that. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. If we are to have the love of Christ, we must be willing to abide by His standard of love and not our own. No matter how emotionally riled up we can be, we criticize the world for their trysting of love. But have we as Christians who claim to know This truth, this present truth, this gospel, often ourselves exhibited a godless love at times? Could it be possible? Could it just be possible? Perhaps we could create a litmus test. A test of how Christ-like our love is. And so let us ask ourselves, when we preach against other people's sins, Let's ask ourselves, are we willing to lay down our lives for them? And if not, then we do not have the love of Christ, who gave His life for us while we were yet sinners. And it could very well be that when our sense of duty is imbued with the love of others, over the love of being better than others, then we will have attained the true measure of godly character. You see, Jesus Christ gave His life. He preached when He was on this earth. He reproved the darkness. And He said, the world does not love Me because it loved the darkness more than the light. But He also said, For I have not come to condemn the world, but that the world through Me might be saved. And if we want to have the true measure of Christ-like love, that is the same love that we must have, the same desire and compassion that we have for others, that we care for them so much, That we won't let the devil take them away. That we care for them so much that we won't let anything, spiritual and physical, afflict them. In a negative way, we must have love to all mankind. Love not the world, because the world passes away. But the souls that are in this world, we must love with the love that Christ has for us. And with that, we should do our duty as Seventh-day Adventist Christians to proclaim His soon return. For one day, we will be with each other in that kingdom. We must learn to coexist with one another. We should never ever tolerate sin and evil. But we should always love everyone Jesus himself said love your enemy how difficult is that someone who has afflicted you for so long someone who has been the foremost scourge in your life an enemy as you would call him or her to love them was a challenge to the people of the day in Christ's day and so it is today as well for someone you've seen for so long as an enemy. How can you get to love them? It is not easy. And no one said it was easy. There is something that we must do. For we were estranged from God. Our iniquities have separated us from our God. The carnal mind is enmity. With God. But yet Christ died for us. And we must be willing to do the same for others. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we are humbled and privileged and honored to be given this task of giving your message to the world. But we are human, Lord, we are afflicted with this sinful nature. That if not checked by the Holy Spirit will lead us into sin, Lord. But please help us to not walk after the flesh, but to walk after the Spirit, that we might have the love of your Son Jesus Christ in us, and that we may bring your truth to all the world, and so that you can return and bring us all home, Lord for we are only pilgrims in this land. We thank You so much for Your love and Your mercy and for Your Son who died for us while we were yet sinners so that we might have eternal life. And we pray in His name. Amen.